So at Impact Rock Church, we value certain things above other things. Now, everything we do revolves around Jesus. Everything we do is to glorify and exalt the name of Jesus Christ. It is meant to glorify the Father with complete dependence upon the Holy Spirit to empower, to strengthen, to guide, to comfort, to teach. So when I talk about that we value certain things above others, I'm not talking about we, we, we value God above all. I'm talking about things. One of those things that we value is generosity. It's a principle. Generosity. It's a way that God calls us to live our lives that's not just some tiny little topic. Generosity. There are all kinds of generosities. And there are all kinds of greeds. So what are some of the types of generosities? Financial. Money. For sure. Service. In the other ways? Our time. How many of us value our time, man? Like, like that, that's... That's the most precious thing we have because it just times it feels like we don't quite have enough. So we can choose to be generous with our time, with our callings, with our gifts. Friends, I'm telling you right now, one thing every single one of us should be is generous in encouragement, in in praise, and not just to the Lord, but encouragement and building up of one another. It is vital, and we see it all throughout Scripture. It's actually a command, instead of just a really good idea, it's a command to build one another up. Choose to be generous or not with that, with blessings. Um, for Father's Day, um, the uh, Texas Roadhouse in Longmont gave us like the most awesome gift for fathers. Like gave us certificates for a free steak dinner uh, for for the dad place and also a card um, for a free appetizer with the purchase of an entree. So we we gave it to all the dads. And when we were done, and we had a stack of them left. So I held on. I waited the next week. I'm, I took note. I'm like, so-and-so wasn't here and he wasn't here and he wasn't here. So the next week I'm like, hey, happy Father's Day. You weren't here last week, but I remembered and, and here you go. And I kind of did that. And, and I, I counted. I'm like, man, we still have a handful of these left. So in that spirit of generosity, because that's what God's called us to live. And that was a blessing. We didn't pay for those. We were blessed with those. So I went around my neighborhood. I went door to door to every one of my neighbors. We hit, kind of have this cool circle. And I gave it to each one of the dads. Then I went across the parking lot here to, to Phil and Heath Irwin. I gave it to them. And then I found Rich who owns this building. And I gave it to them. Why? Because we're supposed to be generous. When we're blessed, it's, it's rarely just for us. It's to be a blessing to others. So what about the B side of this? Young teenagers, B side, these things called records. 
And uh, they looked like a compact... There were these things called compact discs. And then before that, there were records. And you'd flip it over, and that was the B-side. What's the, what's the B-side of, of all kinds of generosities? The B-side of that is all kinds of greeds. So what are the areas that we can be with? For the sake of time, there's just every area we named for generosity we can be greedy with. We can be greedy with our our money, our resources, our giftings, our time, our love, our affection. We can be greedy with our blessings. We can... You know, part of what I do up here, I want to challenge you a little. I want, I want to make you somewhat uncomfortable and then go up with love. Like in the end, it's like, oh, that was so good. I don't know why my shoulder hurts. But I feel so warm inside. There, there needs to be a little bit of challenging as part of what I do. And I want to challenge us. Do we, do we know our neighbors' names? Do we know the names of the people that live to the left of us and the right of us and across the street from us? Because, see, we're called to be generous with our time and with the love of God that he has put within us. And we're called to do that in our neighborhoods. And we're called to be good neighbors. Whatever we can be generous with, we can also be greedy with. I think it's a condition of the heart. I think it's a state of perspective. Do we see stuff as ours? Do we see our stuff as limited in small supply? Do we allow fear to drive us where that we feel like I don't have enough of blank and so therefore I can't be generous with blank? Or do we live our lives in faith? Saying, my God is my provider. I feel like I don't have a lot of time. And you know about when my calendar, that feeling is kind of validated. But what time do I have to give? And we can apply that for any other area. They're going to live by fear. They're going to live by faith. It's impot- They don't play well together. They, they don't mesh. We can't live by both. It's either living by fear or living by faith. This is why it's important that we're thoughtful. I love the word thoughtful, by the way. I, I, I love I love trying to grow in being thoughtful. I really do. I, I love to try and grow as a listener. And then when I'm listening, try to be thoughtful, to give thought to maybe perspective or situation or what someone might be going through. And friends, for us to live a life generous unto the Lord, it requires intentionality. It requires thoughtfulness. It it requires that intentional act of, I'm not just going to go through the routine today. Lord, would you please show me how I can be generous today? And I'm letting you know, all of it matters. All of it matters. Last week, we had Larry Russell here with us. It was awesome. He preached on forgiveness. Um, If you weren't here, go to our website and at our podcast, you can listen to it. It was a wonderful word. If you need the the PDF files, I can send those to you. I I sent them out on Monday. If you didn't get it, let me know. I can send it to you um, before we leave church today. But I want you to know, as an eldership team, we, we, we strive to be generous with relationships. 
imagine just the, the void that would be in our lives if we weren't generous with our relationships with one another. I mean, Dave Powers is an awesome friend. I, I do this like Dave's here. Dave's not here. Dave's, you know, I'm not imagining Dave. Dave's a real person. Um, but he, he leads worship and plays the guitar, so that's why I go Dave Powers. Um, we have relationships that strengthen us, and our first thought is, how can we use this relationship to strengthen God's church? So Jesus tells a story about a foolish but blessed farmer. And it's called the parable of the rich fool. So please turn in your Bibles or your, your Bible apps on your device um, to Luke chapter 12. So as you're turning there, this is the only book in the Bible. And Luke is the only author that tells this story. This is unique to, to Luke. So just to kind of set the stage, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit and then someone in the crowd blurts out. And that brings us to verse 13 of Luke 12, okay? So this is 12 and I'm going to read 13 through 21 and kind of hop around. So starting in verse 13, then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied. Now, I want you to hear where I put the emphasis on Jesus's reply, because sometimes I think when we read this, we put the emphasis on the wrong place. And so I believe scripturally, I'm putting it on the right place. Okay, so listen to where I put the emphasis in Jesus's reply. So tell my brother to play nice, to be fair. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that. A lot of times we read this and we think it says, Jesus is saying, who, who made me judge? That's not Jesus. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus has every right to judge, to discern, to divide. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, who made me judge over things that you can take care of if you will just be kind? Who, who's made me judge to do, to, to judge over that when relationally you two be able to take care of this. That's not saying that Jesus is too busy for us. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying this. There's times, Jesus says, I've given you everything you need to resolve this situation. I've given you humility and I've given you repentance and I've given you forgiveness and I've given you grace and I've given you love. So you know what? Go back inside and work it out yourselves. I love you. That's the way I see it. Verse 15. Then Jesus said, Beware. Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. I love, I love what he says. Stand guard over every kind of greed. I like it because it's it just a reminder that there are different types of greeds, especially when we're called to our lives generously. Verse 16. Then he told him a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, 
what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for many years to come. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything worked for? Verse 21. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. That's the story. Jesus tells that story. Before he tells the story, he's 15, he says, guard. He said, watch over your heart and, and protect it. Protect your heart from greed. How about this? Protect your heart from self-focus. Protect your heart from self-centeredness. Protect your heart from self. And then at the end, he says, at the end of that statement, he says, life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. And then he tells the story of the rich fool. That's the name of the story. That's in, in my Bible. And I went through several different translations. That's the header. The story of the rich fool. So why is farmer called a fool? Why is this businessman called a fool? Let's break it down and see. So we're going to go verse by verse 16. Then Jesus told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Is, is this man considered a fool because he was rich? No. Is this man considered a fool because he had a fertile farm? No. Is this man considered a fool because his fertile farm had fine crops? I promise you, I didn't plan the alliteration. It just came that way. So the fertile farm had fine fruit. Is that why he's a fool? Nope. Okay, let's keep reading. Because so far, he doesn't sound like a fool. So far, he actually sounds pretty wise and pretty admirable so far. Verse 17, he said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Is he considered a fool because he ran out of room? No. It happens, right? It happens. As a matter of fact, if we can just agree in prayer, Lord, that'd be a wonderful problem to have. So much blessing that we run out of room. And we ask for that in humility in Jesus' name. Um, nope. He's not a fool there. Let's keep reading. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. So is he considered... Uh, I was thinking about this. I'm like, well... Couldn't he just like keep the barn? Couldn't he just keep that one barn and then like build another? So is he considered a fool because he wants to tear down like a perfectly good small barn to build a perfectly better, bigger barn? No, I don't think that's why he's a fool. I don't know how much room he has on his property. Maybe he only has room for so much and he needs to build a really tall barn. I don't know. But this doesn't seem like enough to call him a fool. I'll tell you that much. I mean, he's got storage needs. He's, it's... A problem, yes. A fool, no. Let's keep reading. Verse 19. And I'll sit back and say to myself, 
My friends, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Is he considered a fool because he has such a surplus of provisions? No. Is he considered a fool because he wants to take a rest, take a vacation? No. Is he considered a fool because he wants to eat a good meal and drink a good wine and rest? No. As a matter of fact, in this story that Jesus is telling, Jesus quotes Solomon in Ecclesiastes 8, which says, So I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in the world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all hard work that God gives them under the sun. So Jesus is quoting Old Testament, Solomon, Ecclesiastes. So is he a fool because he wants to rest and, and wants to celebrate the, the bigness and the goodness of the, that he's experienced in his life? No, that's not why he's a fool either. I haven't seen it yet. Verse 20. But God said to him, You fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Next verse. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. I want to read this in the ESV. I've been reading out of the New Living Translation, the English Standard Version. It says it really cool. That's where I get the title of my message today. It says, So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The title of my message today has been Rich Toward God. The part of the story where that we see that this man is a fool is three letters that make up one small word. A-N-D and a fool is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God and does not have a relationship with God. That's what made him the fool. God's not anti-blessing. God's not anti-prosperity. God's not anti-abundant. That is not what this verse is about. God is not anti-rest. He is not anti-good meal. He is not anti-good wine. God is not anti-success. Nor is a man considered a fool for having these things. We're considered a fool when we have these things but yet we truly don't have a place to leave an inheritance. And I'm not just talking about a financial inheritance. I'm talking about an inheritance of souls. I'm talking about leaving something behind that will outlast. I'm talking about working for the king, bringing harvest, or bringing in the harvest that he so richly provides that will impact generations. Rich toward God. 
This man had no relationship with God. God's kingdom embraces prosperity. And I'm not talking about some weird, like, I'm not talking about something weird, like some weird televangelist kind of prosperity thing that has iffy tenets. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God. God wants us blessed. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God wants us blessed. But I also think for a lot of people, and please hear me, God wants to redefine what blessed is to some of us. Because see, we look at the fact that our, our bank account is low. But we fail to see that He's kept us in wonderful health. Our children are healthy. He's surrounded us with friends. He's brought us, He's brought orphans into family. He's brought us into a church home where we have this wonderful togetherness. And then we say things like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm not blessed. God hasn't blessed me. Because we, we pigeonhole God into some specific way. I'm not... I didn't get inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame yesterday. Therefore, I'm not blessed. Pretty ridiculous thing to say. But I, I played football all growing up. I was pretty good at it. My definition of blessed would have been an NFL career, lots of money, big pools, and then the Hall of Fame. Friends, we live in America. I'm not trying to minimize anyone's situation. We live in America. That means we are among the most wealthy 80% of people in the world. And I think actually the numbers are higher. I scaled it back. We're blessed. At the end of this story, Jesus says, that's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. So I'll ask us, are we, what are we filling our barns with? Is it with self? Is it with the hope for happiness through an ambition that we may or may not see. I'm not anti-dreams. I'm not anti-goals. I'm not anti-ambition. But here's what I am anti. I am anti-self-focused to the point that, that our life just gets tore down. Now it all depends on me. So let's say I'm making lots of money because I'm very capable. I'm very capable. Let's say I make my money in in, you know, construction. And so I'm just, I'm incredibly talented and gifted. Then what happens when I lose an arm in an accident? Oh, I'm not blessed anymore. What happens when I'm no longer physically capable to do that same task? What about all the self-worth that I put on myself because of my strength? because of my ability, because of my talent, because of my physique, because of my good looks, because of my whatever. And then what about when that goes away or that fades away? What about then? What are we filling our barns with? Friends, we are called to live generously. 
We are called to impart into the lives of others. We are called to touch lives and not just on our own behalf, but on behalf of Jesus. Now, I'm telling you, not everything I do, do I do like vocally in the name of Jesus. There you go. I helped you change your tire. I, I do that in the name of Jesus. Hey, I pulled your trash can in from the street. I do that in the name of Jesus. That'd be honestly a little weird. I live my life consistently, vocally for the Lord so that He is glorified and the Holy Spirit opens up all kinds of opportunities. The Holy Spirit opens up all kinds of discussions. I'll tell you another reason why this man was considered a fool. If you go back and read this, who did he seek counsel with? I don't know if you caught it, but it says several times. He asked himself, and then he asked himself, and then he said to himself. See, he sought counsel with himself. That tells me this is a pretty lonely man. Jesus says that the moment that, that his soul, that there was a reckoning, I said that intentionally Southern. That was a reckoning, not a reckoning. That he had no one to give it to. He sought his own counsel. He relied upon his strength, his own means. He made his own plans without once seeking the Lord, seeking the counsel of God. So let's look at this story. And this is the story Jesus told. So it's meant to provoke thought. It's meant to provoke discussion. So what if the man says, I have so much harvest, so much wheat that my first barn is full. I'm talking about packed. Lord, I'm thinking about building a bigger barn. What do you think? I'm thinking about building a bigger barn and storing it all away. What do, do you have thoughts on what I should do with that, that excess? See, we don't see that in here. We don't see that in here. We don't see a man that's seeking wise counsel, seeking counsel of the Lord. We see a man whose heart is set on self. Are we rich toward God? Are we greedy toward God? Do we seek the counsel of God or merely trust in our own strengths, our own wisdom, our own financial prowess? Do we ask God, Lord, what do you think? Lord, what do you want? When I talk about that at Impact Rock, it's a value. Generosity is a value. This is what I'm talking about. And if, if when I, and I say that often. I think I say it often. Do I say that often? I, I think I say it all the time. When I say that, when I say that generosity is a value at Impact Rock, if we're only hearing money, I think we need to go to the Lord with that. Lord, why is it when someone says generosity, I only think money? Lord, would you show me why I only think money when I hear generosity? Because friends, we're called to be so much more generous with our lives than just with our resources, just with our finances.